I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, uh, we are at number one for the year, and this one just blew it out of the water. Uh, and it was interesting because uh, today's guest uh, was not someone that we know. In fact, she had a song called In Jesus' Name that just blew up that year. So she's young. She wasn't real well known at the time, uh, and I booked her on this program. You guys loved her so much that we booked her on the broadcast program, and everyone that watches on broadcast loved her as well. So I'm excited about this one. Uh, I, I think you're going to enjoy it if you missed it. We do have a couple of performances out there on YouTube from the Life Today studio. I would encourage you to look for that. You can just Google her name. This is Katie Nicole. You are obviously um, a young artist. Uh, and for the song to take off as it has, I mean, that that in itself is, is quite an accomplishment. What What is just the... on before we get into the story, the excitement of, of hearing, you know, yourself on the radio, I saw a, a TikTok or something where you heard it for the first time, but talk about a little bit the experience of hearing your own voice, your own music, your own lyrics on the radio. Yeah, that that's a weird thing because it was something that I kind of always had dreamed of. I've, li I've listened to Christian radio my whole life and I didn't ever really see myself in Christian music, but when I did step into Christian music, I was like, man, it would be really cool to see my song, like, or hear my song on K-Love one day. And um, I had actually gotten a text message 10 minutes before it was about to air on K-Love. And they were like, go out to your car right now because it's about to play. And so when it started to like, or when they started to tell my story and then it started to play, it just was like this moment of, wow, God, thank you. Like, thank you so much. Like, I don't deserve this in any sort of sense, but thank you for this gift. Yeah, no, that's that's that is nice. And you're right. I I like that perspective that it it, it is a, a gift. I mean, it's not a lot of great artists work a long time and, and put a lot mm -hmm. into their music and don't necessarily get to experience that um, at least. I mean, it, not not just getting to hear it, but the song's doing doing very very well. Um, mm -hmm. Now I know you're working on something for the future. What what can we look forward to this summer from Katie Nicole? Yeah, I mean, more songs, more stories to tell. Um, I've been working on some songs that really mean a lot to me, um, and tell a little bit of you know parts of the story. So you've heard one part of the story and. I can't wait to just keep telling what, what God's doing in my life and um, just how he's been showing up every single day. And um, I just really want to talk about how he's ever present, even in the struggles. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that because, I mean, you have been through, I mentioned you're, you're young, but my goodness, you have been through a lifetime of struggle. Take us back to when that began. Yeah. So... Um, I mean, I was actually born with um, something called congenital scoliosis, and only one in 10,000 babies are born with this. Um, it's considered to be rare. It's also considered to be very progressive. And um, when I was about 10 years old, my doctor at the time had said, she's a little miracle because this should have taken a lot of her childhood away, and it didn't. Um, 
And so I just look back on growing up, you know, probably from, you know, just like the age that you're playing outside and, you know, doing somersaults and all of those things. I got to do all of those things. Like not only did I walk when doctors told me I wasn't going to be able to walk, but I was running. And um, I'm just so incredibly grateful for the childhood that I did have because um, it was fairly normal. And then um, when I was around 13 years old, 14 years old, um, the doctors had said, it's finally hit the place where you're going to need surgery in order to fix this. There's nothing else that we can do for you. And um, I mean, that's already a scary thing, but like being 14 years old and knowing that like my body looks different, all of these things. And I'm just, you know, I'm not sure what's about to happen next. It's very unknown to me. I was very scared. Mm, <laughs> um, and my parents were also very scared. Um, and so when I was 15, I had spinal fusion surgery and I had metal rods and screws placed in my back in order to straighten it out. Mm. Um, this surgery is fairly successful most of the time. And um, the doctors had said, you're gonna have to wait about a year after surgery to know if it was fully successful and um, if your spine is fused, um, cause it takes a whole year. Mm. Um, and so when a year went by, I came to my follow-up appointment and I was like, I'm in excruciating pain every single day. And um, doctors were kind of baffled as to what was going on or why, because they were like, well, it looks good, so you're fine. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, but I ended up dealing with this excruciating pain every single day for the next three years of my life. Mm. Um, it was not just a physical pain, but it had turned into something where I was dealing with depression, like severe depression and mm. severe anxiety. You know, leaving my house was scary because I was like, well, what if I'm in too much pain to walk like a long distance or, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen to me because I was just, it, it felt like I wanted to curl up in a ball and cry every single day. And, um, and so the only thing really got me out of bed was like doing music and I had a ukulele and I would just write songs and spend my days doing that in like a chair in my room because so, I was sitting. Yeah. Well, now I'm curious because these are what junior high into high school years. Were you going to school or were you, were you homebound? What was, how, how bad was this? Yeah. So, uh, the first couple years I tried as hard as I possibly could to stay in public school mm. and, you know, just, be normal, do normal things. But eventually I had to move into online school because I just couldn't, mm. I couldn't sit Jeez. up for long hours. It was just, it was too hard on my back. So um, I had gotten to the point where the depression had gotten so bad that I was now, I was suicidal and I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it anymore. Mm. Um, and there was one day where I looked at a bottle of pills that were sitting on my dresser and I went over, I picked it up. And I was like, it would be that easy. And I just felt God say, no, I'm not done yet. Hmm. I'm not done yet. And I. Go ahead. Um, and I, I listened to that voice, you know, for the next three years of my life. I, it, I was probably 16. So it was, a, it was about a year and a half to two years later that I had the second surgery that ended up, you know, changing everything for me. But if it wasn't for that moment, I wouldn't still be here today. Yeah. I just, I wouldn't have made it through all of that. Yeah. Um, I, I, let me ask before we get to that second surgery, because that's where yeah. things do turn. 
Yeah. I mean, so you were, were your parents, um, did you grow up in a strong Christian home? Yes, I, I went to church. I've gone to church my entire life, um, grew up Baptist. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah you, you and me both. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that obviously if you heard God tell you, you know, hey, I'm not done with you, you, you even through the pain, you had a sense of God and, and purpose. How are you? Yeah. How are you sort of reconciling? I mean, this is hard for an adult. I can't imagine for a teenager. Um, how are you reconciling the pain you are going through with, you know, sort of the promises of God? Yeah, I mean, I still, after that moment, had a lot of days of being like, why me, God? You know, mm. what did I do to deserve this? Yeah. And, you know, that's such a hard thing because, you know, God was still there. He never left my side, even when it felt like I couldn't see him and I couldn't feel him. Mm. He was still there in those moments, and um, it didn't make me any less frustrated with my my situation. Sure. Um, but I'd never stopped having those conversations with God. I, I asked all the hard questions because I knew that I could. Mm. Mm. So. So what uh, when you decided to go back for a second surgery? What what was that intended to be? Was that routine, or was this hey, the pain's too much? We got to We got to try something different. Yeah, so I had gone to just about every doctor. I had seen, you know, every different person to try different things and different pain relief remedies. You know, nothing was working. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually, so I went to the Shriners Hospital for children. That was my hospital. Um, and a, a doctor from Primary, which is a, another hospital in Salt Lake City, they came over and joined the team of, you know, people of the doctors that I had. And, um, she said, she looked me dead in the eyes one day. Um, and she said, I believe you're in the pain that you're in and we're going to fix this. Mm. And, um, hearing those words, <laughs> I mean, it, almost everyone in my life was at a point of just being like, is she being dramatic? Mm. Is she just depressed? Mm. Um, but truthfully I was, I was miserable all the time. And, um, hearing someone say that to me was like, I saw hope for the first time. Mm. Um, in a really long time. And uh, she said, you know, the option that we have left is to remove the metal rods and screws from your spine. And that's riskier than having them in your spine because you could end up, you know, in a wheelchair or, you know, like it could cause nerve damage. All kinds of different things could have happened to me. Um, And it was more risky to have them, you know, out of my back than in my back. So, that was a decision that I had to make because I was 18 years old. So I had to, I had to tell the doctors, okay, go ahead and do this. <laughs> um, and I mean, it was really, it was right after, you know, I had just turned 18 and I mean, I'm in my heart, I was still a child. So sure. what, were, what uh, were your parents saying? My, my parents, been put, you know, you know, they, they just wanted me to do what was, best for me in that moment they were like you know this is your decision and if this is what you feel like you need to do then they were they were going to support me in mm, that that's, and that's tough. um but it was it was definitely a hard thing um because it just it could have gone so wrong <laughs> and um so i i did go into the surgery and they took everything out of my spine mm. um and I'm telling you, when I came out of the surgery, it was as if the entire world had changed. Mm. 
Um, and I had, I had seen darkness for a long, a long period of time. Mm -hmm. So when I came out of this surgery and I just, I saw light, (laughs) I just, it was as if heaven had just fallen right onto the hospital bed with me. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever experienced anything. I I know I've never experienced anything like that. Um, I remember very little from my first hospital experience. I don't really have many memories from that. And so being able to vividly remember coming out of surgery um, and seeing this dark smoke cloud disappear, it was the greatest encounter with the Lord I've ever had. I just knew God was there. I was like, okay, so now it just proves that in every moment where I thought you weren't there, you were. Hmm. And so I, I have no reason to doubt you anymore. So what, what was the physical result of that? So when um, they took post-surgical x-rays, um, they you know were looking at everything, making sure everything was okay. And what they actually found was that my spine was now straighter without the rods in it. So medically, no one could say why that happened. It was just, okay, man, God performed a miracle. Even my surgeon said that. He was like, God did that. Wow. Wow. So what, I mean, oh, so many questions. So how long has that been and how, how has it been since then? I mean, any issues come back? Yeah. So, um, I had the surgery in 2018. Um, and when I came out of the surgery, um, Recovery was a lot better than the first time. I was very quick to bounce back into normal life, which is another thing that really couldn't be explained because I I was suffering the last time that I came out of the surgery. I mean, you have to relearn how to walk again when you have back surgery, so it's like a whole it's a whole recovery process. Mm. And I was recovered in about a month, which is compare that to a year and it's pretty crazy. Um but I came out of the surgery and I did end up finding out that I had some underlying genetic disorders that had caused a lot of the pain that I was originally in. Mm. Um, it kind of explained a lifelong, um, just all the medical issues that I had had. Yeah. Um, I've dealt with just a lot of different things throughout my life, been to a lot of different doctors and finding out, I actually have something called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and it's a connective tissue disorder. Mm. It's um, something that you have at birth, you know, it's uh, kind of crazy because even when my mom was pregnant with me, they were saying that something was genetically wrong, but at the time there wasn't really a test to figure it out. So they were just like, I don't know. And when I came out, so I was healthy, but you know, I had scoliosis. That was, that was it. So, but so the last, you know, four years, how do you feel you, you don't have any, any pain or any issues related to nerve damage or, you know, functioning? I mean, everything, how, how close to, I hate the, the term normal, but you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, how, how, how is life? Yeah. I mean, that's such a great question. Cause honestly, I still deal with a lot of different issues. I um, still have health issues, but, um, I, it is nothing compared to what mm. I dealt with. Mm. Um, and I deal with, I can't feel a lot of my my spine, like my back, mm-hmm. uh, because of nerve damage. But it's not really something that I notice unless someone's like tapping on me. I'm like, I don't, I don't feel that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, 
I do deal with some like joint pain just due to uh, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. This is just something that I've dealt with my whole life. And mm. honestly, I think when you know your life with pain, you don't know your life without pain. And so you get very used to it and it doesn't really, unless I'm in excruciating pain, I don't really notice unless I'm like, oh, something like if someone's asking me, like, does something hurt? I'd be like, oh, yeah, my shoulder hurts. But like if I you hadn't said that, I wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I actually I know what you mean. I've got some nerve damage and mm-hmm. uh, post-surgical nerve damage as well. So I kind of get it. Let me, let me yeah. ask you this, because I, I'm guessing this had to have crossed your mind at some point. Did you ever think um, maybe the doctors were wrong the first time you didn't need the surgery and that you suffered unnecessarily? Is that that thought ever occurred to you? Um, it's definitely occurred to me. Um, I think it was definitely medically necessary for me to have that surgery because my spine, so my spine is straight like to the sides, but my, my spine is also still to this day, very rotated like this, which has caused me to have, you know, a lot of pressure put on my heart and a lot of pressure put on my lungs. Um, so one of my doctors had actually said to me, um, you have function in one of your lungs and half function in the other one. Um, and you will live the rest of your life that way. There's, there's nothing that they can do to fix that. Um, but man, does God put the breath in my lungs? Uh, (laughs) Wow. And and that, that's what a beautiful statement. So, you know, so you get the surgery at 18, um, and, and you get ready to go to, to college, uh, and no surprise, you, you decide on a medical career, which I think is really, it's, it's common for, for uh, people that suffer as a child to mm-hmm. want to, to help others in their suffering. And, and so that, that's a natural choice. How did that go for you? Yeah, so um, it was my like one like in-person school that I went to. So I did a trade school and um, I went to get my CCMA license, which is just a certification to become a medical assistant. And um, I was so grateful for that entire experience. You know, I I got to do like an externship and I got to go work in an office for a little while. And um, I, I learned a lot about my body too. Like I took an anatomy class and like I took, you know, a, an actual like medical class with a teacher who was a doctor and that was so such a good experience for me. And I, I really enjoyed, you know, I made a lot of friends in it as well. So, um, but coming out of the program, I, you know, I even still was in a place of like, okay, well, I could be a physical therapist or I could be, uh, I really loved all my child life specialists. So I was like, I could do that. You know, there were, there were multiple jobs that I was still thinking, okay, maybe I could do that. But I just kept feeling the Lord pushing me in a different direction. And opening doors that were too hard to ignore. I just couldn't do it anymore. So, um, so it was either walk through a door that's like cracked open or walk through the door that's wide open. And I chose the one that was wide open. Yeah. Which led you to your music. <laughs> and I'm going to show people your website. This is katienicole.com. And you can, uh, you can see, you know, the, the current single, uh, in Jesus name. And we're going to talk about uh, that particularly, yeah. but you'll also see the, the upcoming music when it drops in the summer 2022. Uh, very exciting. But uh, I, um, so you're, you're, you think you know, you know, where, what 
direction your life is heading. But like you say, the doors kind of keep closing in those areas. Tell me about the ones that opened up. Yeah. So um, actually right before my first or my second surgery, right before my second surgery in 2018, um, I had gone to do just what seemed like a regular gig that I was invited to do in my um, in Arizona where I was living at the time. Um, and when I got there, what I found out was that uh, the worship pastor at this church was Josh Hayden's from the afters. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 A very successful <laughs> Christian band. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm not even thinking about it. I just get up and do what I'm doing. And then I, I'm ready to go. I had another gig the, in the same night. So I was ready to get to my next gig. And right before I left, he stops me and he goes, do you want to come sing at my church? <laughs> and at the time I was doing secular music. So I was like, uh, I don't, I don't do Christian music. So I don't know how that's going to work out. Um, but he was like, you know what? A couple of your songs kind of sound like they could be Christian songs. Do you want to <laughs> sing one of those? <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, I got to get surgery, back surgery next week. Um, but uh, let, you know, let's stay in touch and hopefully you'll still be around in a couple months. <laughs> um, and he was. So uh, in February of 2018, so about two months after uh, my surgery, I actually, I wrote my first Christian song. And um, it was one of those moments where I had a song in my heart. And I was not even aware that it was going to be a Christian song until it was fully written, hmm. um, because it's very much based on the ver- on the Bible verse Matthew five sixteen to let your light shine before others so that they can see the goodness of God. Hmm. And um, I just think it's so cool how the experience that I had coming out of that surgery was seeing the light for the first time, hmm. and then the first Christian song that I feel like was definitely a gift from God was called Shine, um, and it kind of showed me that, okay, you know, you can write your songs, but they're a lot better when the name of Jesus is magnified through them. <laughs> and, um, and Josh kind of just believed in me hmm. from, from day one. And I knew, okay, I see this. I see what you're doing, God. And I feel like I can't ignore it right now. Hmm. And so I started writing Christian songs and, um, I mean, I would send Josh like songs every single day. I was just writing them all the time. And and the thing is, is that like he was helping me and he didn't have to. Like he didn't have to do that at all. He was, he's a very busy guy. Um, but he was so present and so devoted to helping me during that time and showing me how to lead well, lead worship well, mm-hmm. and also to write these songs that had meaning. Um, yeah. And so that was kind of the first door that swung wide open. And um, it's it's been a door that stayed open for me because Josh has been a huge part of my yeah. life. Yeah, yeah blown, blown wide open for you now. <laughs> I, I'm curious, was there ever a moment where, you know, since you had been doing music outside the church for a while, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you're used to being on stage, you're used to watching audience reactions, things like that. When you started sure. singing these songs that were, you know, God oriented and, and yeah. Jesus in the lyrics, was there ever a moment where you're on stage and you saw something in the audience that you hadn't seen before as far as a reaction? You know, I feel like what what changed it is not necessarily the response, but more of of like 
it was a shift in the atmosphere. There was a difference. I, I was feeling the Holy Spirit for the first time. Mm. I never felt that. And um, so what I experienced was seeing people encounter Jesus. Wow. And that's so, so different. I, I, don't, I don't live for applause at all. And what I live for is, is those moments where I, I see someone being on fire for Jesus, wow. having their moment with the Lord. That's why I do what I do is so that I can hopefully bring someone else to the place that I'm in. Yeah. Uh, that's, so. that's wow. And for a Baptist girl to be feeling the Holy spirit, God, never it. talk about that. <laughs> no, I know. Hey, I grew up Southern Baptist. We, we believe in the Trinity of the, the father, son, and the Holy Bible, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she's laughing cause she gets it. Um, so, <laughs> Within Jesus' name, um, what did that say to you when, you know, the because you, you put a chorus on, what was it, one of the social medias, and, and it just blew up, and then you finish out the song, and it's radio charts. What do, what do you think God's doing through that experience of that song? Hmm. Well, I mean, from the moment that I, I saw this video start to resonate with people, I was like, wow, you know, it's, it doesn't matter how far this video goes. It doesn't matter the number that's on the video. It just truly matters. These stories, mm -hmm. these stories that are being told again, people coming to know Jesus, the amount of people that have said to me, yeah, I'm an atheist, but I love this song and I'm listening to this song. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, the name of Jesus is right there in the title. It's, it's incredible. I, I can't even, oh, I mean, you know, God doesn't have to do that for himself. He doesn't even even have to, but when he does, I'm just like, you're showing off a little bit right now. <laughs> this is way too crazy for me. Um, but I think, you know, originally this song started as a, a, a song called God of Possible, and it turned into what is now in Jesus' name, God of Possible. Um, and it was really me talking about how God can do anything. Yeah. There's not some there's not anything that's too hard for him. Yeah. And there is no prayer that is too big and there's no prayer that is too small. You should bring everything to him, every request, make it known. Hmm. Um, again, he knows your heart, but he still wants you to come to him. Yeah. He still wants you to be, be there in those moments. And um, what was really cool was seeing that people were finding the words to pray, hmm. you know, when they didn't know how to talk to God. Wow. And for God to use you in that way, what a, it's a privilege really, you know, mm -hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I, I so appreciate you sharing your, your story uh, and your music and be, you know, it'll be fun to watch uh, what God does through all that you're, he's got planned for you. Is there anything you're doing that, you know, you want people to know about that I haven't mentioned? Um, you know, I mean, I, I do a lot of writing in a prayer journal and that's originally where this song came from this song in Jesus name. It came from my own, life and my own prayer that I prayed over myself at one point. Hmm. And um, I just encourage people to talk to God, hmm. you know, because I see how that's changed my own life. And I, I believe that God hears every word you say, and he, he holds on to it and he treasures it. So um, don't be afraid to make every request known, you know, even oh. if it seems silly. That's beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thanks again. We appreciate you yeah, sharing. Of course. Appreciate Thank you guys hanging out and uh, watching. Be sure to check out Katie's website and uh, the 
upcoming music. And if you haven't heard in Jesus' name, go out there right now. Jesus, in Jesus' name, God no of possible. No longer Katie will I Chloe rely will upon it. my goodness. Appreciate you being here. Join us again next time here on Life Today. But Lord, I just come as a bankrupt sinner saying, Lord, have mercy on me.